All right. We're recording. Hi. Hi. How's it going? It's going. And we're here. We're here. We're having drinks. What are you drinking today? I am drinking a Cabernet Sauvignon. Sauvignon? Yellowtail. I'm drinking Jim Beam out of a flask. It's a beautiful flask. Isn't it pretty? It's all glittery and pink. And I'm chasing it with Pepsi because according to Jen, I'm a big pussy. Yeah. <laughs> well. It is what it is, right? So today I'm going to surprise you with the story. Okay. I'm excited. Okay. Let's hear it. If I show you this picture, do you know what I'm going to talk about? The Bermuda Triangle. Very good. Did that just for you. Thank you. <laughs> just for all that's listening, there is a picture of a clip art of a triangle with a boat going inside. Yes. This was very, very hard to figure out, but she's a genius. So so the Bermuda Triangle is also known as the Devil's Triangle. It's in the area. Wait a minute. I know the Devil's Triangle is a different. <laughs> okay, that's true. This one is not this one. Okay. This one is not this one. It's an area bounded by points in Bermuda, Florida, and Puerto Rico, where ships and planes are said to mysteriously vanish into thin air or deep water. And that's from Life Science. So the term Bermuda Triangle was coined in 1964 by writer Vincent Giedis. Um, So they have the earliest records are from 1492, which is when Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Yes. I was going to say, but it took me a minute to... (laughs) get to it so apparently on october 11th christopher columbus and the crew of the santa maria reported a sighting of unknown light just days before landing in guanahani don't ask me where that is i don't know so i'm just going to tell you about a couple of incidences there's there's a lot okay so only i don't want to say only but there have only been 924 fatalities between 1800 and 200 2017 2017 which i don't know about the rest of the ocean and how you know their death rate is but there's been 924 in the bermuda triangle since the 1800s okay so that does seem kind of high though see i just i don't know well okay so we're gonna start by a couple of planes okay and these are all in the 2000s oh recent yes i got the recent ones but these are just like little tidbits and then i'll kind of go into more detail so these are just a couple of little blips. I see what you did there. Both blips. Blips oh, on the radar. Hey, uh-huh. I didn't mean to, but I'm going to say I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, on February 23rd, 2017, the Turkish Airlines flight TK-183 was forced to change directions from Havana, Cuba to Washington Dulles Airport after some mechanical and electrical problems. They all lived. It just happened to occur over the Bermuda Triangle. April 10th, 2007, a Piper airplane, which is one of the little tiny guys that they all crashed somehow, disappeared near Barry Island after flying into a level six thunderstorm and losing altitude. So... I think that there, there was a storm. That sounds like a movie. Isn't there some <clears throat> movie where they fly into, is that like Journey to a, no, I'm going to edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm looking through these, I'm like, they seem more interesting when I put them down. But I'm like I said, I'm just going to go over a few of these. Billionaire Christopher Klein, a coal tycoon, which I didn't know coal was still a thing, was among seven people <laughs> killed in a helicopter crash in the Bahamas. The helicopter went down shortly after taking off from Grand Cay Island. Which he was probably hiding his money there and he went to visit it. Um, here's some just weird things that happened at sea. Um, the USS Wasp. This, so when I say at sea, that, that means it's in a boat. In case you didn't know that. Um, in case you weren't reading my mind. USS Wasp was last known position was the Caribbean. Lost with 140 people on board. They never found the ship and they never found the people. Um, the USS Wildcat on course from Cuba to Tompkins Island was lost with 14 people on board. Never found the boat or the people. What is near that? Would a boat like that wash up to shore somewhere? Or is it just so large of an ocean that it probably just sank down? I don't know. Okay. I mean, you would think so, because it's between three major countries. It's not like it's just out there, but 
Honestly, I don't know the, the square footage of the ocean. No? <laughs> you might remember this one. I didn't know this happened in the Bermuda Triangle. In late July 2015, two 14-year-old boys, Austin Stephanos and Perry Cohen, went on a fishing trip in their 19-foot boat. I remember this. Me too. And the pair's boat was found a year later off the coast of Bermuda, but the boys were never seen again. Aw, babies. I wish I would have researched that one a little more because I do remember that. It's all really sad just because, you know, two boys that knew what they were doing, supposedly. All right. There's a lot of little ones and a lot of them are gale force winds and everything. And then we'll go into, you know, people think, well, let me give you that. So these are the theories behind the Bermuda Triangle disappearances. Theories are that, one, Atlantis is underneath the lost city of Atlantis, which we'll probably do later on because that seems pretty yes, interesting. Yes, we will. So it's a mythical city that lies at the bottom of the ocean um, and it has crystal energies and they think that might sink the ships and the planes. Another one is that it's a time portal and that people are just being transferred to different dimensions and of course there's always the underwater alien bases um, others believe that it's some rare natural geological explanation for example perhaps ships and planes are destroyed by pockets of flammable methane gas known to exist in large quantities under the sea maybe lightning or an electrical spark ignited a huge bubble of methane that came to the surface right next to a ship or plane causing them to seek without trace I've heard that. I've also heard that it fucks with their radar yes, or whatnot, so they fly. Some kind of magnetic mm -hmm. source. Yes, that one's on there too. Oh. Geomagnetic anomaly. And then others suggest it's a rogue tidal wave. I don't know how that oh. works out for planes. Maybe it was so that's big. That's a big-ass freaking <laughs> yeah. big-ass wave. So, in fact, the Navy has actually debunked the whole geomagnetic and the whole methane gas because they said that would happen in other places too. It wouldn't just be the Bermuda Triangle, it would happen. And they've never been able to test that and mm. create that again. But you know, the world's a fucked up place and the ocean's a big, vast thing that we don't know a lot about. That's true. So we don't and know. Octopus are aliens. So yeah, I mean, they kind of are. They're pretty crazy. Yeah. Okay. So first we're going to talk about Joseph Slocum. It's actually Slocum. I'm going to tell you why I knew how to pronounce Slocum. My parents' little Amish village they live in has a, a market called Slocum's and it's open from like eight to eight and everybody knows Slocum's everybody. sponsor us. We know you're listening. <laughs> Slocum's we know you're out there. We would like to buy your expired food. Just kidding. Wait Shout a minute. <laughs> Okay, Joshua Slocum, the first man to sail solo around the world in 1895, was considered one of the best sailors of all time. His boat, the Spray, the Spray, the Spray, wow. <laughs> was an old fishing boat. He should never have been lost at sea, but it appears that exactly is what happened. In 1909, Slocum left the East Coast of the United States and headed to the Grand Cayman for the winter. Slocum was never heard from or seen again. He wasn't declared legally dead until 1924. No one knows for sure what happened to Slocum. He disappeared within the Triangle waters, but Bermuda buffs claim. Slocum's story as part of the legacy of the Devil's Triangle. I can't. The Devil's <laughs> Triangle. I just can't. <laughs> I'm always going to think that now. Maybe it's a shaved triangle. They don't know. Maybe. All right. The Star Tiger. There's a lot of stars in these boat names for some reason. On January 30th, 1948, a British South American Airways Tudor the fourth plane. I don't know why it's the fourth. Tudor four. I don't know. It's a type what? of plane. From England to Bermuda disappeared without a trace. The Star Tiger commanded by Captain B.W. McMillan was flying from England to Bermuda. On January 30th, McKillen reported he expected to arrive in Bermuda at 5 a.m. Neither he nor any of the 31 passengers aboard the Star Tiger, Star Tiger were ever heard from again. The official accident report suggests that the aircraft's heater was unreliable and may have failed. To keep the temperatures warmer, the pilot may have chosen to fly the route at a lower altitude burning fuel faster and maybe it crashed into the ocean neither were ever seen again that's neither a lot of speculation there or the boat so another two or four the fourth i don't know if it's four or the fourth it's written like one of those like rich guy names you know 
like James Christian the third. That's oh, how it's written. Oh, I see. I see. So you didn't get that when I said that? You didn't get what I was thinking? Anyway, another one of those same small airplanes, like the Star Tiger. It was called the Star Tiger. Left Bermuda on January 17, 1949. With seven crew members and 13 passengers to Jamaica. That's why. It's because they had 13 passengers. Yeah. It was unlucky 13. Yeah. Um, Captain McPhee. Wait, but who was the pilot included in those 13? Yes. Oh, okay. And that so his name is Captain pilot. McPhee. He reported that the flight was going smoothly. Shortly afterward, some cryptic messages came in from the captain when he reported that he was changing his frequency and then nothing more was ever heard. Was he trying to get in touch with his wife, Nanny McPhee? <laughs> or maybe Catherine McPhee? Maybe. We don't know, even though she probably wasn't born yet. A search party was deployed to look for the Star Ariel. Did I say it was the Star Tiger? You it did. was the Star Ariel. There was the Star Tiger was the story before. And we don't need to edit that out. You'll just know that I am paying attention. A search party was deployed to look for the Star Ariel, but not even a hint of debris or wreckage was ever found. Wahaha. All right. This is a good one. The USS Cyclops. This is why the 924 doesn't really inspire me, per se. During World War I, the USS Cyclops, commanded by Lieutenant G.W. Worley. Apparently, you're not allowed to have first names if you're in the if you're a captain. They just go by your initials. I should have looked that up. Sure. They were carrying coal. Once again, we're back to coal. Carried coal for the U.S. Navy and stayed mostly on the east coast of the United States until 1918 when it was sent to Brazil to refuel Allied ships. With 309 people aboard, the ship left Rio de Janeiro in February and reached Barbados in March. After that, the Cyclops was never heard from again. The Navy's official statement is, The disappearance of the ship has been one of the most baffling mysteries in the annals of the Navy. All attempts to locate her having proved unsuccessful. There were many non-enemy submarines in the Western Atlantic at the time, and there has been no, um, no one's claimed to have brought it down or, you know, taken it out since we were in the middle of World War One. They've never Did found... Did they not have black boxes? <laughs> in 1918? Like... Probably not. Oh, in 19. Yeah, that's true. World War One. I, I, in my brain was World War Two. See, we're back to the whole Cessna thing again. I have a thing with small planes and helicopters. I just feel like your time is numbered if you're on those because they crash all the time. They do. They do. <gasps> but I inexperienced, you know, flight people, the flight people, I believe they're called captains, but I call them flight people. I'll pour me a little shot here. Okay. So I think there's also a lot more small planes flying around. So the percentage of people dying is probably less than it sounds like. You know what I mean? Because we we hear about it all the time. Yeah. The the planes go down. But I think there's people fly them all day. You know, there's so many. There's so many up there. Yeah. I just feel like, I don't know. I just don't know if I'd get on one. Um, Okay. So back to my Cessna. Um, so the Cessna was leaving Fort Lauderdale, Florida in 1984, uh, March 31st to be exact, en route to the Bimini Island in the Bahamas and never made it. All the passengers were Cessna employees going to a holiday party. Oh, despite the experience of the entire crew, something went wrong. And midway through the destination, the pain, the pain. (laughs) <laughs> the plane slowed down its airspeed significantly, but no radio signals were ever sent. A woman on the Bamini, that's a hard word to say, Bamini Island reported seeing a plane plunge into the sea, but they never found any wreckage or any bodies. So there's quite a few stories out there about um, the Malaysia flight that disappeared a few years yes. ago. It was never near the Bermuda Triangle, but they still say maybe it accidentally, there's another one out there and it flew into it and that's why we've never found anything. Oh. And I was like, well... Okay, now we're just inventing different Bermuda Triangles around the world. I mean, it is sketchy that a commercial plane disappears with no fucking... With modern technology. Yeah, that's... 
It is something super fishy. Weird. Yeah. I think everybody knows where it's at. They're just not telling us. Could be. And of course, there's always been the one that there's like a, a kraken out there. <laughs> oh, Which yeah. Which I want to believe it's a kraken taking them down. I just, I don't know. There, there's no like ghost ships out there floating around. They just disappear. We don't know. That's true. They say, you know, pilots go through and they all of a sudden they can't see their equipment's going crazy. Yeah. Maybe it's just a UFO in the area. There's a lot of them that report like their instruments malfunction or that they lose time. Yeah. They're losing time. Yeah. It's crazy. What's kind of a bummer is when I was I started to look into it. A lot of the stuff they get from is like somebody else like wrote a story about it. And then Mm -hmm. people take that as reality. And then they put all these different things out there and really, that's not really true. Yeah. That that didn't happen. Like, no, they didn't like forget, like lose track of time. They're like, no one's really done that. That's flown there. They said, you know, there's a couple people, but they've done that at different areas of the world too. It's not just there. So yeah, it takes away kind of the illusion, which is kind of unfun to do that. The area that the Bermuda Triangle is in, are there a lot of passengers that go back and forth like is it a heavily trafficked area for planes and boats and stuff I would say yes yeah just because there's so many countries right there because I and wonder it was a if major it's just... trade route back in the day yeah I just thought it was funny I never saw the Christopher Columbus thing until now they're like even he said there were weird lights I'm like well you can't really trust anything he says can you yeah he's kind of going what down would he history. see lights I know but like what like well, it's weird is they didn't have electricity, so it's kind of weird to describe it the way he did. I don't know. It's all he said. Oh, they were candlelit. The ocean was candlelit. Right. There was floating <laughs> candles everywhere. It was, it was UFOs. It was totally UFOs. Yeah. I'm just going to say that. I don't know. It was a light, lot bigger thing when I was a kid. The Bermuda Triangle was like one of those things you always saw in like unsolved mysteries mm-hmm. and mysteries from the depth. My brother had a book on it and I tried to find that book. It was like super cool book. It was fun. But now, you know, modern technology has taken over and it takes all the fun out of everything. The History Channel used to have a lot of stuff on it, like World War II pilots that talk about certain things, but like we're just you, starting to fly then. Yeah, well, and if you think about the high stress level of the people who were in the wars, right. it, it, like you said, that ship in World War One, and then like the World War Two pilots that report things, like they probably weren't sleeping, they were on amphetamines, right? Like they were absolutely being given all this stuff by the government to keep them. Well, it, and that's why when I said that, that's the one that that lost three hundred nine people. Mm-hmm. That's a third of the deaths right there yeah between 1800 and now it's not that many i mean the flu killed more people in san diego last year yeah killed 800 people okay not more it's a little less my math is really shitty yeah 800 (laughs) is less than 900 (laughs) my math is really really bad so which is why i'm a banker ha come bank with me all right but anyway that is my my mystery for the day okay so I have a surprise for you. Um, you may have heard of it. I I think I've heard of it, but I don't. I didn't remember any of the details. So this is a true crime. This story comes out of Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada. Medicine Hat. Medicine Hat. Is that one word or two? It's two. It's just the way it sounds. Medicine. It's not like French or anything that I just mispronounced. Are we going to find out why it's called Medicine Hat? No. Damn it. 
No, you're going to have to look, it up, look right. that up on your I'll own. I'll Google it. Uh, this is about the family of the Richardsons. Um, mm. The Richardsons were a quote-unquote normal family. I mean, no family is completely normal. They looked like it on the outside. They had the mom and the dad. They had a son and a daughter. Oh, God. The Two cats in a yard. Yeah. I mean, it was completely from what we typically think of as a normal, nice family. The American um, dream. So this happened on April 23rd. 2006 a neighbor boy of the Richardsons went over to their house to play with the son who was eight years old uh, and it was somewhat of a prearranged play date but kind of like their neighbors so they just assumed that they hang out so it wouldn't be something where this uh, the the neighbor would go over to this family's house and if they weren't there he just come home. it was weird no, it was because oh, they okay. they kind of prearranged it. So, uh, but it wasn't like a strict. I'm gonna bring my kid over. It was like I'm gonna come over to your house and play tomorrow at such such time. So the fact that they didn't answer. What year is this? 2006. Okay. So they didn't answer the door. So the the little boy who was six years old went back to his house in the neighborhood and told his mom like it's weird uh jacob which is the son who was eight wasn't answering the door so the mom went over and peeked through the windows because their cars were there and saw what she thought was a body so she called the police the police came and the police looked through all the windows and they were you know they looked through the basement windows and they saw the body of mark richardson who was 42 the dad and deborah richardson 48 the mom so they enter the house and uh, they find that both the husband and wife were deceased in the basement and the eight-year-old boy, Jacob, was in his bed, stabbed with his throat slit. Aww. So... Poor little guy. They knew from the neighbor mom that there was a daughter, Jasmine Richardson, who was 12. And so they assumed that she was a victim and they were looking for who may have took her or taken who may have taken her or where she might be. So when they searched her bedroom to see, you know, what they could find from her, uh, they found evidence that turned her from a victim to a suspect. At fucking 12? 12 years old. Wow. 12. She was a suspect in the brutal slaying of her entire family. Oh, wow. So. Man, be nice to your kids, people. You never know. shit. Jesus. So they found her computer in her room and all of her correspondence were with her boyfriend. Who is what? 80. Jeremy. Jeremy and it's Jasmine. It's stinky. I don't. It's S-T-I-E-N-K-E. It is. really stinky. Okay. Okay. I thought you meant so, it was just a gross name. No, his name is yeah. literally stinky. I, it's probably that's s- fucking funny. Though. It's probably stank or something. Oh, that's so much better. Stank. So, uh, or stink. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's stinky. And we're going with stinky. Uh, yeah. Jasmine met Jeremy at a punk rock concert in early 2006. Same year. A punk rock concert at 12. Okay. I, I can't. I, I did that. <laughs> I was trying so, to think of my first concert after I said that. I'm like, well. No, I think mine. Cause my, but punk rock. like, Well, it depends what you consider punk rock My nowadays. first concert was The Misfits. Oh, wow. Was, that is fucking punk. I was 13. Was it really? Mm-hmm. That's pretty badass. Mine so, was Aerosmith and Skid Row. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think I was 13. I think I was, I was in eighth grade. Wow. Misfits so, are pretty badass. Yeah. I'll give you props. Yeah. So I can't, like, 
you know, judgment to the parents. Right. Like I'll take that away. My parents did the same. My parents were awesome. I was still awesome. playing with Barbies at 12. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay. So all the correspondence with her boyfriend, Jeremy Stinky <laughs> or Stanky. Germ stink. <laughs> um, oh, that's funny. So they met at a punk rock concert in early 2006. What I was going to say about that is this all happened April 23rd of 2006. Oh, so that was the beginning of this year. Yeah, it was the beginning of the year. So they weren't together for too long. Now, they met at a punk... I couldn't figure out what punk rock concert that they went to, but they then connected online. Uh, There was two online platforms, one called VampireFreaks.com and one called Nextopia. Oh, okay. Was Jeremy older than her? Yeah. Like how much? I'll get to it. Okay. I'll get to it. This is the surprise. Okay. So their Nextopia is like a, um, from everything I could gather, it was kind of like a Canadian MySpace. Oh, okay. Like the person who created it. it MySpace. Yeah. That's funny. Like you could go on and there was music on your site and, you know, whatever. It was. You had your top 10 friends. Yeah. It was like entrance to your soul. Like this is who I am. You know. I miss those days. So. When you thought other people cared. Right. (laughs) Her username was Runaway Devil. Oh, God. Now, I don't know how you think about that when you're 12. I wasn't that clever. Although, Runaway I guess devil. maybe just... Running with know. the devil. Yeah. She was a Van Halen fan, that's all. All right. Well, what maybe. Do I do with that? Uh, his was Soul Eater. Oh, God. And I think this is like... I think there's a heavy metal band called Soul Eater. This if was... not, I'm going to trademark it right now. SoulEaters.com. This was so back in the day where you didn't have to be Soul Eater 1992. <laughs> right. Or whatever. Right. You got to be the original Soul Eater. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, that's fair. Uh, which just like yuck. Soul Eater. Soul anyway, eater. of course, getting to know each other online, they lied. What? She told him no, she was true. 15 years old. Instead of her real age of 12, he told her he was a 300-year-old werewolf. (laughs) Well, duh. Instead of a 23-year-old man boy. Wait, 23 and a 12-year-old? Yes. Ew. Ew. Gross. He could could almost be her father. Also, though, keep in mind, she said she was 15, which lessens it, but it's still gross because you're a grown person. I had older boyfriends, too, but not at 12. No, no. And Jesus, all right. it, yeah, uh, he also came complete with a vial of blood around his neck, which in 2006, I mean, everybody did that because I'm pretty sure that was the same time as Angelina, Angelina Jolie, Jolie and mm-hmm. Billy Bob Thornton. Yes. So that wasn't so weird, but it kind of fits into this complete package of douche, you know, <laughs> just kind of <laughs> to give you the picture. Yeah. And he yes, also, for the record, yes, it is weird. Yeah. He also had um, eyeliner around, you oh, know, which, eyeliner. which is totally oh. fine. But I just want to give everyone this picture. Hey, some guys look really good in eyeliner. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of sexy. Most do. Like Jack, Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Um, Hook from Once Upon a Time. Yeah. He's pretty hot. Uh, most most guys do. Hook from The Descendants. If you have the. the pretty much anyone that plays Captain Hook. Okay, I'm done with Yeah, my- you have a theme now. <laughs> All right, I'm done with my Captain Hook theme. A lot of guys benefit from it, but you have to have the personality to take it off. Agreed. So. Totally agreed. Now I'm picturing my husband wearing it, and it's just super funny now. <laughs> um, okay, I'm back. Uh, her parents found out, and as normal good what, parents. they didn't like that? They forbade her oh, to see him. Crazy. Which, yeah, I mean, 
go mom and dad. That's God. Parents just don't, just don't understand. They don't get it. This, of course, infuriated the two lovebirds because or oh. werewolves in love. <laughs> I don't know. Werewolf. So they were secretly seeing each other. However, her friends, as well as some of his friends, were like, no, this is not a good idea. You shouldn't be doing this. This is actually against the law, dude. 300 years old. Yeah. 12 year old. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, this is actually the inspiration for Twilight. (laughs) Right, we didn't tell you that at the beginning of this podcast, but yes. I'm kidding, don't sue me. (laughs) Don't sue me, Stephanie. They saw each other in secret, and they... What is 12 years old, like 6th grade? Yeah, I think so. 6th, 7th grade. Ugh, okay. God, junior high was not thinking about running away with werewolves. I just wasn't. No, no. I did, um, in middle school, wear vampire teeth, though. Did you really? I did. Did you really? Yeah. I was such a dork. <laughs> I mean, not all the time, but when I would go to concerts and stuff, I would have oh. fucking met this 300-year-old werewolf and been like, take me home. I'm a vampire goddess. Mm-hmm. Help me. Oh, my God. That's funny. Oh, I was such Things a nerd. Things I didn't know about Jen. I was such a nerd. I love that. Uh, I live that down now. You know this, right? Right. Okay. So they got into, uh, they watched Natural Born Killers. It was a great movie. And they It is a good love just, story. It I'm is not gonna good. lie. I get it. Oh my god. Okay. I'm gonna come back to the fact that you just called it a, a great love story. But um hours before these killings, they watched Natural Born Killers. Mm. And Jeremy said to his friends that my girlfriend, uh, who he refers to this is just this made me almost throw up. He refers to his girlfriend who's fucking twelve years old as an old ball and chain. Well, when you're 300 years old, you know. What? Old, first of all, I can't. Oh, wow. I can't. There, so, there's just so much wrong just, with it. That's old fashioned regardless from the 50s, like still. But I guess if he was around in like 1750s, I guess I understand. I, yeah. I, he probably was on an old ball and chain at one time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Working the hard labor. <laughs> so he said to his friends that he and his girlfriend, uh, they had a similar plan. Oh. But aren't they clever? In their plan, they would kill the brother. Just the brother, like the eight-year-old brother? No, all they would kill all of them. I guess in natural oh, born okay. killers, That's and right. they, they he yeah, left, she she left her brother. She spared, yeah. But oh his, god, she liked her brother. Yeah, I get it now. I, I get the correlation. Okay. Yeah, and so she also told her friends that they had a plan that they were going to do something similar to natural born killers. And I mean, honestly, her friends were just, they didn't really think twice about it because she's fucking 12. Like who would take that serious? I mean, nowadays, maybe. Oh, absolutely. That was 2006, right? Yeah. So it it was like at the peak of now we know that kids can be. If you hear something, say something, you see something, say something. Yeah, I get that. And this probably led to part of that. But you're right. This was when Twilight was out, right? Well, uh, no. kind of pre-Twilight. It was pre-Twilight. Oh, yeah, Natural Born Killers. Okay. Okay, um, okay, got it. So just days before the killing, he wrote on a blog post. This is part of a quote. My lover's rents, because this part is not part of the quotes, but do you remember when people would refer to their parents as rents? Yes. Yes, I do. Oh, my God. Okay, so he says, mm. my lover's rents are totally unfair. Oh gag they say that they really care they don't know what is really going on 
they just assume. And then further down in the blog post, their throats I want to slit. Finally, they shall be silenced. Their blood shall be payment. Okay, I don't know if they say this, but like I got to think that he doesn't have a job and he's living with his parents in the basement. I don't know, actually. It doesn't. uh, No, he wasn't living with his parents, but I don't Mm. know that he had a job. He's just living off his his um, werewolf stuff. Yeah, I'm not I mean, sure. For 300 years, he probably has a accumulated wealth over 300 years. So Yeah, he's got investments. That's right. I don't know. I should have <laughs> looked that up, but I did not. What happened after that blog post, she, she writes to him. This is all on the computer that they confiscated from her room, which is one of the reasons why they decided she was a suspect rather than a victim That's in all of this so to find bags. her. She says to Jeremy. Um, stinky. 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 Stinky said. <laughs> uh, quote, it begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you. Unquote. He responds by saying, well, I love your plan, but we need to get a little more creative with the details and stuff. It's important to be creative in everything you do. Yeah, they're they're talking about it on the computer back and forth. Just they find them the next day in this truck. I'm sure they posted it. It was Facebook just um, checked in. Right. I don't think they had. No, it wasn't. They had the. Well, it wasn't. Next. Worldwide yet. Or whatever that was. Nestia. I probably fucked that up. Canadian Facebook. eh? Okay. So they were found the next day in Leader, Saskatchewan, which was. Uh, 81 miles away or 130 kilometers. They were seen two hours after the killings laughing and kissing at a restaurant, which like fucking gross. Also, killing brings up your appetite, you know? She, they're caught, right? And Shocking, they got caught with yeah. their master plan? Oh my God. What went wrong? This is, when asked why he did it. Okay, I'm going to break down a little bit of what happened in that house before I tell you what they say about this whole killing. The father and mother were found in the basement. Jeremy came into the house. He stabbed Deborah Richardson, the mom, about 12 times or so. And in her screaming, the husband was trying to get to his wife, grabbed a screwdriver on his way down in the basement. So he had a screwdriver and was fighting with Jeremy, but Jeremy ultimately stabbed him to death. While this was going on, Jasmine, the 12 year old, told Jeremy, I'm going to take care of my brother. Stabbed him five times and then slit his throat. So what did he ever do off? Okay. Well, this is what she says. She says she she loved him. She loved him too much. And that I do that to the people I love too much too. Yeah. It would be, I have to murder you. It would be too cruel to leave him without their parents is what she said. So that means they weren't terrible parents then. So you're just a crazy fucking bitch. So when asked, Jeremy said, when they asked Jeremy, why did you do this? He responded with, when you find your soulmate, you will do anything for them. I did anything. Okay. She says that very unromantic. she loved him so much, she thought this would bring them closer together. Murder does that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Makes a lot of relationships less stressful. It's insane. I don't, like, I mean. At 12. 12 years old. 12 years old. When I, like, you should still have a Lisa Frank sticker book <laughs> at 12 years I old. Lisa Frank. I'm all over that shit. I was in a sticker club. Came by mail once a month. Oh, yeah. We it's used to trade amazing. stickers out of the sticker book that you could put them in and then take them out and yes. they wouldn't unstick. Yes. Yeah. God. Now, what happened to that? 
Although my kids still love stickers. But, she gets oh, pretty excited about stickers. The puffy stickers? Fuck yeah. I'm going to have to remember that for her birthday. Oh, dude, she loves stickers. So the trial. They actually they were, went through. There was no werewolf trial. They were. Bu- they didn't bring a silver bullet. Yes. <laughs> silver bullet. The whole thing. No full moon. They covered it uh, up. They put him in a cage. They both got tried with Was she three- tried as an adult? No. Oh. So Canadian law oh, nicer is than we that um, 12 is the youngest age to be charged with a crime, period. So oh. if she was 11, she wouldn't even be charged. Wow. So she barely made the cut there. Wow. Okay. And they cannot be given a prison sentence of more than 10 years. Kids younger than 14. So if you're between 12 and 14 and you commit a crime, you cannot be in prison for longer than 10 years. So it makes you think if she wasn't, if she never met him, do you think she would have just gone on to be a normal person well, or would she, she have found someone Facebook, else to be a crazy person with? I don't know. Her, her, not her Facebook, sorry. Her MySpace and her Nextopia or whatever the Canadian version of that was. Everyone says that she was a nice, normal kid before. Like she didn't wear makeup, she, you know, whatever. And then after she wow. met Jeremy, she was wearing the goth kind of style makeup and got very dark. For but the record, most goth kids don't do this. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not their thing, really. No, I was a goth kid. Jeez. And I definitely didn't contemplate murdering Never. anyone. No once the have I ever I contemplated to murder anyone in my family. I'm like, I want to wear an anarchist jacket and just like pretend I'm against the establishment. And or I don't even safety know what the pin. Establishment is. Safety pin. Pin a, an anarchist A mm-hmm. onto your Jansport backpack because I oh. definitely did oh, that. I had it in white out on my jacket because oh, I am yeah. so badass. Yeah. White out. White out. You can sniff it and paint with it. Yeah. I painted my nails with that. At some I, point. I never actually sniffed it. Sniffed a lot of things. That just wasn't one of them. Yeah. I don't, th- <laughs> I definitely smelled. I smelled all of it. The gasoline, the highlighters. Did you? The, the, I didn't, not to get high, but oh, I loved I the like, smell. I was never a smeller. No, no, no. I just loved the I smell like, no, of. I used to huff highlighters like a crazy person. <laughs> no. <laughs> like uh, Sharpies. You know the smell? Like, and the smell of White Owl? Yes. Like, they're super strong. I, I can would picture smell them now. it. Like, I can smell, yeah. bring my smell memory I didn't, back. Yeah. Let's, for the record, I didn't, didn't sm- I did not I did smell not it to get high. I did not highlighters. Or Sharpies or anything in the Jeremy Stinky Stanky Stanky was tried on November of 2008. He was found guilty of three counts of first degree murder, sentenced to three life sentences, served concurrently. Well, that's good. Which is weird. But, you know, he's a 300 year old werewolf, so he could live forever. We don't know. know. He could be out someday. But isn't concurrently the same time? Uh So. It's really essentially one life sentence. Yeah. Because it's all served concurrently. They, those rules are weird. The whole concurrently. Well, like, yeah. He's no, I eligible, want him to be separate. He's eligible for parole after 25 years. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Here's more oh, shit. Ready for this? Okay. Maybe. Um, Jasmine Richardson. Jasmine Stanke. <laughs> she wishes. Um, oh, and they wrote love letters back and forth in prison, and he asked her to marry him, and oh, she good. said yes. And oh. There was no remorse oh. for any of it. Like, you fucking killed well, your brother sweet. and your parents? Like, Jesus Christ. Oh, parents. So she was sentenced a year before, November of 2007. 18 months credit for we time served. by then. Mm-hmm. She had yeah 18 months credit for time served during the trial, four and a half years in a psychiatric hospital, then four and a half years 
under conditional supervision in the community. So she was out at like a halfway house type I was of thing. Say, who took her in? Mm-hmm. No, it's like a halfway house. And I'm she sure attended both college. Are like, fuck you. She was attending college. Oh, good. She I'm was. glad she got an education. That's important. She also, the judge, do they call them a judge? Because it's like the Queen's Court. Are they judge or whatever? I don't know. Anyway, the sure. person Barrister? who was. Yeah. He for, forbid her to own firearms for life. Well. Like, that's good, because she slashed their fucking throat. But like, they're in Canada, don't they already not I don't know. People? I just, like, it was, they used a knife. Why would oh, you? Oh, that's true. Like, what <laughs> does that matter? Firearms wasn't their first go-to. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Um, in, let's see, May 2016, she completed her sentence. She's out in the world. She had no parole. Um, wow. She did say at the end of all of her psychi- psychiatric help and all of that stuff that she was remorseful and her the experts all agreed that she was remorseful and whatnot, which I kind of, I can I can see at 12 years old when you think you're so much bigger than you are. Right. Everything's so much more important than you are and like you murdered for the love of your life. Teenage I mean, love is is hardcore it is so i it's naive but it's hardcore it's legit mm -hmm. and i feel like even though it's canada but like our justice system is supposedly based around reform right and not punishment so i feel like probably won't do it again she probably won't get with another 300 year old vampire or werewolf well yeah because he's still in prison so she got right for she's gonna die before he gets out (laughs) (laughs) so he's gonna he's gonna go get another 12 year old when he's 400 years right when he gets out of prison also the woman who and i use woman loosely she was a teenager 19 years old she gave um the natural born killer couple her truck to use as a getaway so she was uh originally she was charged with accessory to murder because uh, they were asking her like where are they what did you do with it blah 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 um those charges were dropped because she did comply and do whatever uh she was she pled guilty to obstruction and got one year house arrest mm, so it doesn't really say in any of the stories yeah it doesn't really say in any of the stories that i read about um what her role was you know I whether let anybody take my car i mean i mean not i'm not gonna say that but like oh yeah go ahead and take your 12 year old girlfriend it's cool right but i kind of look at it like okay if you're 19 years old what if she had a crush on this guy and she was just like you know resigned to the fact that she wasn't gonna have him and my thing is my parents would have killed me so oh yeah i think these people though like jeremy and his friends that were like between 19 and 20 something they were out of their they were out of their parents house but they they still probably rebellious and mm, they probably lived in a house together yeah i get that so she was one year house arrest and ordered to refrain from drugs and alcohol which is weird because drugs are illegal and alcohol is illegal for her because she's 19 wait in canada can you drink no i think it's 21 okay at least in toronto yeah so that's the case she's out and living her life she's under a different name a different identity let's say she really does have true remorse you know she was 12 you have to live with that burden on your shoulders yes you killed an eight-year-old your brother that you loved and your two parents that probably really never did anything bad to you. Like, you killed them. Well, and the rest, like, your extended family. You, uh, like, Yeah, you lose all of them, basically. Yeah. I mean, I, I do, some would say I probably empathize with people who do bad things more than I should. But I do, she was 12, dude. Like, the, the, 
the emotions that I feel like I had when I was 12 were so fucking huge. Like the rage I had towards my parents was real. Like every day was like, oh, my mom, I mean, in my journals, like my mom's a fucking bitch. She's my best friend now. Like, (laughs) but I was so angry because I wanted to go do what I wanted to do. And she was trying to keep me safe, but I didn't see that that's what she was doing I just thought she was like harsh in my mellow like oh you can't smoke pot and hang out with you know 19 year olds when you're 13 at a shopping center at 3 a.m like you can't do that yes and I would be like fuck you you're awful I can't believe you're doing this to me I'm a responsible person like fuck that I know everything Mm mm-hmm I never felt that way about my parents I always just wanted to keep everything from them so I didn't disappoint them Oh, oh. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was a total asshole, but yeah. I never wanted them to know. Oh, I, they I, were pretty, I was the third child, so they were kind of like over it. They already had two perfect kids. They're like, whatever. Mm. We're good. We got one of each. They're pretty good. This one's kind of crazy. <laughs> I was the first child, so I was, I was the, the wild child. My dad razor. still tells the Amish and that he'll go, this is my wild child. And I was like, well, you know, kind of old now, not as yeah. wild as I used to be. But and I guess you, compared to Shane and Sean, I'm pretty... And you Wild. didn't know, <laughs> he didn't know anything that you did? Not really. Once in a while I tell him things now and I just stop because yeah, there's no reason. Yeah. My brother and I get together with my mom and we'll be like, oh yeah, remember when this happened? And my mom <laughs> clutches her pearls. What? <laughs> clutches her pearls. I can't believe it. I do have an aunt that went, like, she started treating me weird. Like in my 20s, I'd like put on an outfit. She'd be like, did you pick that outfit out yourself? And after a couple of little comments like that, I asked my mom, like, do they think I'm special? <laughs> like, what did you tell them about me? <laughs> my mom's like, well, they know you had some issues. I'm like, but they're like, did you pick that out yourself? Did you dress <gasps> yourself? You. <laughs> you know, in every accomplishment, they would send a card. And I was like, yeah, I got promoted to head cashier. Hey. Wow. <laughs> At SeaWorld in the shark shop. Yay. That's That true that story didn't really happen, but it was like that. Oh, you weren't promoted because you were special. No, they didn't have a head cashier at SeaWorld. <laughs> they did. I never got it. <laughs> well, that's All right. funny. Well, that wraps that up, I think. I like it. Yeah. It's banana's story. It is a banana story, but I liked it. It's Aaron and Jen, Whiskey and Wine, signing off. Bye. Ciao.